Uh, today, since I'm at Hope Church, um, I, I wanted to talk about hope. And I wanted to talk about, I want to talk about, first of all, what is hope? And secondly, how do we get it? Because hope is a big deal. You know, it's faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love, but it's the top three. <laughs> it, it like made it to like the top three. <laughs> you ever watch those, those, uh, those singing competitions? Only the top three may, are, are that good, really. <laughs> I like those shows. I'm a nerd. But I want to say this. There's no hopeless circumstances. Just hopeless people. There's not a circumstance that you're going to encounter where God's going to look at it and be like, I don't know, man. This one is above my pay grade. It's just, there's not a situation that you're going to face where God's going to say, I don't, I, this is it, Ahab, you found it. Ahab, you found the one thing I don't have a solution for. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> because like, ho- hopelessness, I used to, I used to think, I, I used to have a very, uh, it's very hopeless, being, having hope was very ambiguous to me for a very long time. It's like, it was just like this far off thing where you just, it's, it was like trying to catch a fish with your hands. It's just too slippery. You're just like, I don't know what, I actually don't know what this thing is. You, you understand what I'm saying? And for most believers, hope is a very, it's, it's used often, but it's very, very rarely understood. And so let me, let me break it down to you very, very simply. So we have faith, right? And faith, a lot of us get. Like, I have faith for a healing. I have faith for these finances. I have faith for whatever. I, faith is very specific, is what I'm trying to say. Does that make sense? I have faith for a specific thing. But hope is very broad. To have faith without having hope is weird. If you have say if you say you have faith for something, but you don't your hope isn't rooted in the goodness of God, then then you actually don't have faith for it. See, this is this it's like hope is this broad umbrella, and faith is the prongs that come down. But the but it comes out of hope. Does that make sense? Here's the definition of hope that I've come up with with some of my spiritual leaders. And, but hope is the confident expectation that good is coming into your life. Rooted in the goodness of God. So the first thing you need to do is you need to actually believe God is good. Because if you don't believe God is good, then you won't have a confident expectation of good to come into your life. You'll have a confident expectation of calamity to come into your life. <laughs> and most of us, you know, we, we live like this to a certain extent. Like, well, like, you ever heard this before? You know, you'll tell somebody, like, some good news. Well, suck it up while you can. You know, something bad's about to happen. What? 
You ever, you ever talk to somebody, you tell them a good story, or you tell them something good that's about, that just happened, and they're trying to, like, tell you how it's not going to last long? Oh, you're like, oh, that's crazy. Who told you that? Who told you that it's not going to last long? But see, most people, they, they allow their circumstances to affect their internal peace. Isn't that true? I live my life based on my circumstances. My circumstances are good. I'm happy. My circumstances are poor. I'm no longer happy. Well, your internal world should not be affected by your external world. We should manage our internal world so that when the world around us starts crumbling down, our internal world is not affected. And I'm not saying live in denial. That's not, I, I'm not saying, oh, live in denial. Don't look at the world around you. Just, just wear your happy glasses. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. But I am saying that there's a life you can live where the, the world around you can fall apart and you keep joy. You can actually keep your joy on. Like, I used to live with a mentality that I almost wanted things to fall apart. Especially when I was really, really busy. Because it would give me an excuse. I'd be like, oh, I'm sick. I can just stay in bed all day. Finally, I get a break. But we don't give ourselves margin in, in, in our lives, and then we force margin upon ourselves. It's like if you, don't, if you don't eat right and take care of yourself, right, then you have a heart attack. And then you have to eat right and take care of yourself. Life will force what you're supposed to do on you. <laughs> it, it, isn't it true? You, you just refuse to change your tires. <laughs> Life will force you to change your tires. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things I heard um, this morning is there are unlikely people in this region getting saved this is one of the one of the things I heard uh, just during worship why don't you turn to Romans fifteen thirteen? This is one of my favorite verses. <laughs> Papa Nick in the front row, just <laughs> just sitting in the front row. Yes, Ahab, this is the best. I could have told him Revelation four three. Just and the bowls are being poured out on the earth. Best verse ever. Best verse ever. <laughs> so good. So good. <laughs> is it? It's mine too. I, this is just. Oh. <laughs> I just need you to travel everywhere I go and sit in the front row. That, that would make me so happy. <laughs> but Romans 15, 13, it says, now, 
May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, somebody just write that one down, right? <laughs> yeah, somebody did, right? <laughs> oh. it, it, here's, here's the most important words in this whole verse. You ready? In believing. It, it's, it's actually the most important. Look, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. My Bible is a bit more accurate. It says, <laughs> can, can you just do New King James? Is that okay? NIV? Pfft, come on. Seriously, guys? Really? Really? I, I'm just being silly. I don't really care. But it's, it, I like, because like, I'm going to use the words in believing or believing a lot. And so it'd just be nice if they corresponded really well. And so, but how do you know that you have hope? Like, what are the, what's the hopeometer in your life? Well, this verse actually gives you a hopeometer. Can you see it? Can you see the hopeometer? You're, whoa. <laughs> they cannot see it. <laughs> the hopeometer is God. Somebody find it. Okay, so here. May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust in him or in believing so that you may abound in hope, overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is great. There's, there's actually a sign of when you have hope. Joy and peace are increasing. So any area of your life that's not bubbling up with joy and peace is an area of hopelessness. You know, that, that sibling of yours that just can't get their life right, and you just go, they're always going to be like this. That's an area of hopelessness. What you're saying is God will never move on that person to radically transform their lives. Well, what would God say about that? My spouse will never change. <laughs> you should laugh at that. <laughs> there was like a, paraly a paralytic thing. <gasps> I'm not going to laugh. I don't want them to see it. <laughs> I know about you. <laughs> but there's, there's, this, this is a, you can gauge your hope about a, about a situation, about a circumstances, but, but on the level of joy and peace that you have in your life. You know, how much, how much joy and peace do you have about your government? I don't know, everything's falling apart. Ah, where's my joy? Where's my... Yep. Listen, I live in America. I don't know if you've seen the election. <laughs> but if, if anything's trying to steal away my hope... <laughs> huh. 
<laughs> you guys laughed at that one too hard, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, God is bigger. <laughs> the truth is God is actually doing more than you think he's doing. That's the truth. Like, we, we, we always, you, know, you ever hear, like, the God of the 11th hour? It's because he's doing so much. Like, he's just, he's constantly doing something. He's like, all right, I got it all organized. Just in time. <laughs> you, you know, half the time why God takes the 11th hour? He's, he's looking for someone to say yes. If we said yes sooner, he would always be the God of the first hour. Just saying. <laughs> you, you know, one of my one of my favorite stories in, in the Bible is like uh, <laughs> I, I I wanted to say this first. We, we get saved because we believe in Jesus, but we get free when we believe like Jesus. Let's dissect for a second. What did Jesus believe? Do you want to, you want to dissect it with me for a second? Jesus believed he was the son of God. This is what he believed, right? And then he went to the cross. He died. He rose again. And then he came and said, you are children of God. Oh, interesting. So the, the identity of Jesus, the title, the, the title that sent him to the cross the title that was so offensive that they decided to kill him because he called himself the son of God. He then put on billions and billions of people. It's pretty remarkable. So Jesus believed he was the son of God. He believed he was in full union with God. Like, Jesus believed he was in full union with God to the extent that when he would pray, lightning would show up. And he'd start glowing. And a voice from heaven would say, this, whoa. <laughs> Probably a little bit like that. More like streams of water. <laughs> it's, it's interesting how it's described like, anyway. But he would, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. You guys don't even know. I lived in L.A., so I, I, I could be on a lot of movies you don't even know about. I am not, but I could have been. <laughs> but isn't that amazing? He believed he was so in union with God. 
He believed that he was so close to the Father that he would just start praying and poof, he'd start glowing. You know, that's what transfiguration means. It means he started glowing. <laughs> I know, I don't get it either. I've never glowed, so. <laughs> but these are things that... Good. Uh, Here's, listen, make your personal hopelessness about a situation a bigger deal than the devil. Make it a bigger deal than the devil. Because the devil, he's already defeated. He, like anybody who tells you that otherwise, is living in hopelessness. <laughs> the devil's already defeated. Like he he doesn't have a lot of weapons. But make your personal hopelessness about a problem your main priority. Because God will partner with people of hope. He always does. He always partners with people who have a confident expectation that good is coming. Because your experience will catch up to your beliefs. Did you know that? Your experience always catch up to your beliefs. If you believe God is a cruel taskmaster, your experience will catch up to your beliefs. If you believe God is against you, your experience will catch up to your beliefs. But if you believe God is for you, that he's a good God, He's a good father, that he's on your side, that he's going to redeem every bad decision, every bad choice you've ever made and turn it to good. If you believe these things, your, your life is going to look different. And guess what? Because you have hope, you're going to have joy and peace. Almost every non-believer that I've ever led to the Lord, the main concern they have is they don't have peace. Just, they just don't have any peace. And the reason they don't have it is because they don't have the Prince of Peace. This is the short, brief, and powerful version, I guess. Why don't you stand? Faith comes by hearing, isn't that right? In hearing by the word of God. And sometimes, we have to be the ones speaking in order for us to hear it. If you always waited for somebody else to prophesy over you, you may never ever get a prophetic word. So sometimes you need to look at yourself and start prophesying. And start prophesying not through your own eyes, but through the Lord's eyes. I, yeah. And 
And one of the one of the things we're going to do right now is we're going to make some declarations. And one of the reasons I like declarations is because it increases faith in people's hearts. And it also is a great way to find lies that you're believing. When your heart doesn't agree with truth, you just found the lie that you're believing. The good news is you can get rid of that lie by speaking truth and renewing your mind. So right now we're going to make some declarations. And then I'm going to pray for you. So just repeat after me. God is on my side. Therefore, I cannot be defeated. Anybody's heart go, eh. Mine did five years ago. And I aggressively went after that lie. And everything changed after I believed it. After I started believing the truth. God is for you. Say, God is for me. He is not against me. He believes in me more than I believe in myself. He's setting me up for something bigger than I know. He's transforming me. And he's transforming the world around me. He's taking me somewhere that's bigger than I, even I dreamed. I was born with a purpose. I was designed for greatness. And everything I touch turns to gold. The protection of God is greater than the attack of the enemy. <laughs> I'm going to pray for you. Jesus, thank you for these. Thank you for these who have set their lives apart for you. Thank you for these who are committed to the goodness of heaven being released on the earth. Thank you for this house that is a beacon to this city. Thank you for this supernatural increase in every part of their lives. I just see increase coming relationally, financially, spiritually, emotionally, and, and, and physically. I just see the Lord just bringing a blessing in every part of your lives. This is a season of blessing and a, a season of restoration of families. I feel like there's going to be phone calls this week with people you haven't spoken to in years. And restoration is coming. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name.